Hello. Welcome to It Came From New Jersey, a podcast about music, if you can guess it, from New Jersey. I'm one of your hosts. My name's Bob. And I'm your host, Pete. How's it going, Pete? It's going pretty good. Um, We are, what are we listening to today? Well, this was a fun one. And, um, you know, we've been loosely with no particular direction. This has been the aimless drive through New Jersey. Uh, Pete, I think you and I have done a few of these kind of drives where we got in the car, especially when we were teenagers, especially when I had a license and you definitely didn't have a license, (laughs) Um, where I would drive up to kind of, you know, near where you guys lived, where you and and some other friends lived, and uh, we'd meet up and hang out for a while, go to record stores, et cetera, diner, pizza place. And then it'd be like, oh, hey, all right, I'll give you guys a ride home, whatever, or we'll go to your house, whatever. And I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but I would be driving and it was, you know, you guys were from around there and I'd be like, oh, okay, you know, which way? And you guys would be like, that doesn't matter. You can go anyway. (laughs) And I wish I could explain how frustrating and funny that is, especially now in hindsight, being like a 17 year old with a license and having, you know, a 15 year old be like, yeah, you can go, you, you can go left, right or straight. It doesn't matter. Right, exactly. And at that point, you know, you being 17, you're fairly new to driving. It's not like yeah. casual driving isn't like exactly all that casual at that point. You're still, you know, kind of learning. Yeah, I'm trying to make sure I, I don't like uh, drive into a, a light post or something. Uh- <laughs> right. And we're like, oh, there's like 10 ways to get there. So just go like that direction. Yes, yes, yeah, that, yes. It doesn't help. So- Sorry for that. <laughs> so that was always fun. And then, uh, you know, as we got older, a little bit more aimless driving. But we've in a roundabout way, we've touched a lot of different eras and timeframes in New Jersey, but we haven't done anything more current. And we discussed that after our last episode and, uh, a record that has been kind of in the back of my head to talk about. And really, to be honest for me that I wanted to sink my teeth into was the record control by SZA from just a couple years ago. I think it's 2000, what is 17. that? 2017. Yeah. So, um, this is a, another record from New Jersey, a little bit different than the other stuff that we've talked about, but one that I really have been, as I mentioned, wanting to kind of dive into because some really good friends of mine whose musical taste I really respect love, love with a capital L this record. And I'd given it kind of cursory listens and like, Oh, let me check this out. And, see if I, if I vibed on it. I didn't immediately, but on this deep listen, I have some different feelings. So, um, thank you for going on this ride with me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's definitely one of those records I think that transcended, you know, a lot of different audiences. Um, I definitely had some friends who, you know, normally wouldn't listen to stuff, you know, in this genre, um, who are really into it as well. So, um, it's cool. Yeah, and let's let's talk about that first too, because uh, up to this point, we've done a lot of records that sound, at least to our ears, very different. However, most of them have had a few commonalities, being basically guitar-based music. Um, <laughs> this is not. Uh, I think you could, broadly speaking, put this in the R and B world. Um, you know, you could put 
some other tags on that alternate R and B other things. Um, and I think that's, that's a good place to put it. I think you could loosely put it in the hip hop or adjacent to hip hop world. Uh, and I think that's where it would be grouped mostly, but I hope that people understand us talking about this. This is not necessarily a world that either of us is entrenched in, but it's certainly one that, that is cool. And it's, it's actually good. I, um, I wanted to listen to this record because of the things that I was told about it <clears throat> and the things I'd seen. And there were, and, and also to be quite honest, the people who really liked it, it was people who were really into kind of more eclectic music. Uh, people who I knew who loved hip hop and R and B loved this record, but then other people who I had never seen them talk about anything in that realm, but were more into like indie music, like ripped this record like it was like no no this is important and um and i kind of see why now upon listening uh and i found some other kind of parallels from some more my more personal taste musically that were reflected in this in kind of a more updated or modern sense that that really brought me into this record more than i anticipated going into it yeah yeah definitely um i think that uh just to put a finer point on what you said you know i mean part of the part of the whole goal for this podcast is to get into things that we, you know, normally might not listen to or might've missed, or, you know, it's really just about kind of broadening the palette. So, um, I think this is something that I had actually, I had listened to it when it come out, came out. Um, I, I, I didn't really, I listened to it a few times. I liked it. Um, and you know, I'm excited to talk about it, but it wasn't, I don't, I don't think I was advocating for it the way that, um, you know, your friends seem to have, yeah. um, but, it, but it's at the same time, you know, I think that, uh, like, you know, um, we're just trying to listen to different things and not just stay within our realm. It would be really easy to, you know, choose albums that we're either directly familiar with or kind of tangentially familiar with. Um, so, you know, hopefully we have a lot more episodes like this in the future. And if there are any recommendations, um, you know, let yeah. us know because that's part of the goal here. Yeah. And people should, you know, thank you for the emails we have gotten already, but if you haven't and you have some recommendations, Pete, what's that email address? It is, it came from njpod at gmail.com. Came from njpod at gmail.com. So let's take a second and kind of backtrack. Cause I, I agree hundred percent with what you said, the, the palette expansion talking about things. And it's one of the reasons a geographically based podcast can be really fun because it's something from a place, but there's a lot of different things going on, even in a small place. And New Jersey's not that big, but there's a lot of different facets. Control comes out 2017. You, you give me your feelings on this. I'm going to make some statements. Sure. This was one of the bigger mainstream albums that came out that year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that she was unavoidable for a period of time. Absolutely. This record seems like it has staying power in that. I think if someone were to look back in 10 years, that will be a record that's like, Oh, this is one of the most important records, biggest records that came out in 2017. Yeah, no, that sounds right to me too. I, I feel like there's, there's certain, um, musicians, artists, whatever you want to call them that can put an album out and it has such resonance that it, they can kind of just disappear for a little while. Um, you know, 
it's only been what three years, I guess, almost since this came out, but actually almost three years to the day, huh? But, yeah. Um, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. But, um, she seems to have done that. I think she did some tracks following this album for like the soundtrack soundtrack and, yeah. and what the troll soundtrack, I think too, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. You know I mean? That's like, that's the goal, right? But well, yeah, it, it shows what kind of, um, what kind of prevalence this record brought is the attention and, and it's like, Oh, Hey, we need you to be involved in these big projects. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's always so cool when someone can just drop something and basically like, there's such a, like such a, an earthquake from that, that like goes on for years that they don't need to immediately follow it up, you know, especially at a time now where I feel like everyone's always wondering, you know, like when's the next song coming? When's the next album coming? Like, it seems like with her, people are comfortable with just like revisiting this album. And, you know, she puts out a new track every year or so or whenever it is. And, you know, it feels like when, when, when the next one comes, it's going to be like a big event, you know? Yeah. I think in, for an artist in this, in the more current modern climate, which is digital base, um, you're talking more about streams than maybe album sales per se. You're looking at things a little differently. However, for someone who is an artist who came in this time frame, she certainly is taking her time. I think three years, it isn't a long time um, in the scope of music, in the scope of history, you see records, but somewhere, someone, someone's tapping their foot waiting for her to put out a new record. Uh, like, hey, this is supposed to, you're supposed to have done this by now. But I kind of really appreciate her amount of output. And um, and I think that goes into this record too. And, and I think part of the lasting power, to be quite honest, I think some of the, I think that the record was seen as this kind of more, more of a statement than just fleeting. And I think that's unique. I'm not going to limit it to, to all artists, but, or to, to mainstream artists. I think for sure in the more mainstream world of music records that come out that feel like, Whoa, this has got something, this has got a lot going on. It's few and far between. But I, I would say that across the board in music, you see a lot of things where stuff comes out and it's good or bad or indifferent. And then something else comes out. Um, just the way things flow. And if you're somebody, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably really like music. There's an inundation, inundation, let's say that word correctly, inundation of everything right now, but certainly music too. And if you're trying to keep up, you're not going to be able to. And if you're trying to keep up, you're going to lose albums unless they really hit. And I feel like Control absolutely really hit and I want to talk more about the, the nitty gritty of it, but one of the questions we talk about when we kind of intro these, we try to is why are we even talking about this record? Pete, why are we even talking about this record? Other than the fact that she's from New Jersey. <laughs> well, that's actually the prime factor here, but um, aside, <laughs> aside from that, um, I mean, like I said, you know, it was unavoidable. I think for a year or two there, she's I not, eh, not a household name, but I mean, she's definitely, you know, if you're, interested in music at all. I think you've definitely come across her at this point. Um, aside from that, I mean, the album, it was nominated for five Grammys. Um, it was a really big deal, you know? So I think that, um, 
we're trying yeah, to cover some newer stuff. And this is like one of the biggest records of the last couple of years that came out of the state. So, yeah, you know what? <clears throat> I'll pose it like this. And this is actually tough. And it, this might be a question for our listeners. If you were to pick 10 mainstream records that came out in the past 10 years, this has been something that's been on my mind from everywhere, not just New Jersey. Um, 10 mainstream artist records that have come out in the past 10 years that were bigger than this record. What are they? You know, and, um, and think about what the genres are. I think there's a few for sure. You know, there's some landmark stuff. Um, there's some, you know, there's some, a lot of it is more in the hip hop world. Uh, but, but I think for this being basically her debut album, it's really impressive. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's amazing. I think if you didn't want to put this in the top 10 of most important or biggest records of the past 10 years, uh, maybe you could use some sales argument, but I think in, in the next 10 years, people are going to look back at this record as a very important one. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so where do you want to start? Where do we go in? I, I have an idea. Go for it. Um, one of the things that, one of the things that really struck me about this album is, there's definitely a theme to it. You know, I think that you can probably pick out a few themes, um, maybe bundle them under a single theme, depending on like where you're at or, you know, what you're focusing on, but it's definitely a coherent album. Like I think she definitely intended to make an album, which nowadays is like not as common, I think. Um, but one of the things when I was just, you know, reading about it on Wikipedia and stuff like that, that really struck me was the fact that this was supposed to come out in 2015. So it was supposed to come out two, uh, two years earlier. Um, but apparently she was just so being such a perfectionist about it. She, you know, thought she had the album and then she wanted to go back and rework it and this and that. Um, eventually, you know, it says in the Wikipedia article that it got to the point where the record label actually took her hard drives and essentially just like, put the album out on their own which really yeah which i think you know i think that it probably makes for a good story i still have to think that she has she had some sort of control over you know the track listing and you know which tracks made it and which tracks didn't um but apparently she recorded anywhere from 150 to 200 songs over the course of like two years holy shit um so kind of like you know, it's it's actually similar to when we were talking about Bruce last last week. I feel like this album could have been any number of different things. So the fact that it ended up being what it was um, is interesting to me because, you know, who knows if like when she puts out new tracks, are some of them going to be reworkings of songs that were supposed to be on this? Or is she going to, you know, start fresh or, you know. Right. Um, it's interesting to think like, how many good tracks there probably are that didn't make this album. So yeah, that's, that's one of the things that really struck me when I was kind of doing my homework here. Yeah, no. And, and I think I <clears throat> will save some of the music talk, but well, <laughs> this is all music talk, but the, <laughs> structurally I really did agree. I feel like this is an album and um, it's, it's set up like that. The flow is really solid. It kind of goes, it's a vibe, you know, you, you put it on and there's a lot going on and you move through it. And I agree. There's some lyrical themes that 
I think are both topical and presented in this really raw, honest way that um, it's not rare. I hear it in a lot of music, but it's done very tactfully and gracefully in in this way that's not at the same time not pulling punches and is using really direct language, mm-hmm. which I really appreciate. And, um, and I wonder about it because it feels so cool to hear that. Um, and, you know, like I'm not going to, I won't mince words here. There was a time I feel that, that a female voice being able to speak so directly was seen as like brazen or like, Oh my, Oh my God, you know? Um, but she does it so well. And like, that is not now that time has long gone. And, and I say this because I think that there are people who older listeners, perhaps to this podcast, if you're, you're digging in, um, who might be taken aback by some language or whatever, but but to me, like if you're a fan of '70s R&B and soul, like this record hits. Now the music's a little bit more updated, but like to me, when I talk about some of my personal musical interests, like that's a lot of stuff that I love and have grown up on and really still appreciate, especially now today. I think it's a like one of the richest wealths of music. And I felt that energy listening to this record as an album. I was like, wow, this record goes in this kind of beat and tempo and just kind of builds and, and lets go and decompresses. And and there's just a certain feeling to it that pulsates and reminds me of all these things, but also still has its own energy going. And I, I, I don't know that I expected it to feel that when I went into this record. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely has a lot of its own energy. Um, what did you, you know, talking themes, cause I always like theme records, maybe because I'm a prog rock fan, yes. um, but, uh, like, what did you get out of it? What did you think that, um, generally speaking, she was trying to get at here? Lyrically themed. I thought there was a lot of expression of anxieties, um, discussion like insecurities yeah these kind of almost how do i put it into my own words that are actually words uh these untalkables which is not a word but i'm going to use it but these things that that it feels so relatable but it also isn't something that you would say to someone out loud necessarily but the way she elocutes it it's it's so it, it's so it pins it just exactly right, and it's not on some some high lit shit either. You know, it's it's like oh whoa, you know, it, it, she she just cuts to the 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 chase, but it's still artful. So um, yeah. those things really hit me in a cool way. No, I'm with you. I think that um, it definitely it's super relatable. It's like it's written like it's a journal entry or something. You know, it's like. It's, 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 uh, it's intimate, but it's, you know, it's, it's okay that she's letting the world know about this stuff, you know? Cause it's stuff that like, to me, it just reminded me of my twenties, honestly, it was just like mm. those feelings of like, like, am I good enough? Like other mm-hmm. people are doing better than me. Like maybe my significant other is like, 
you know, pushing me to be more serious about whatever, th- like something, you know, and I, maybe I don't want to be that serious about it right now. You know, maybe I want to do it on my own time. Um, I think that like really anyone who has lived through their teens and twenties, I think could relate to something on this album because to me the like, and this is going to be really fucking obvious, but um, I think, I I think the, the, uh, the theme comes down to control, you know I mean? I think that. Right. Song um, title. uh, Album title. Yeah. I mean, like I think the the outro, I forget if it's her mom or grandma, um, but I think it's, it's somebody that, you know, she's immediately related to. There's like a, a quote of her talking. This, that's, really, that part's awesome. Yeah. It's super cool. Yeah. I, I love the theme stuff going on in the album, but like, it's really just about like what is and what is not in your control. Right. The idea of control is something you can have and you can operate on that assumption that you have control or you can operate on the assumption that you don't have control. But the idea is like, even if you factually don't have control of things, let's just operate as if we do, because like things are going to work out better that way. You know, um, in that way too, I feel like it's like, it's a real, it's an album where she's really like growing up. Like it's just, it, it feels yeah. like a step in like, like moving beyond like as an adult where you're like, you know, you reach these kind of milestones and you're like, Oh, like that's a good operating principle. I'm going to, I'm going to go on that now, you know, moving forward. So I think it's cool. I mean, it's the kind of album that I feel like people are going to, if it hits you at the right time, it's going to be one of those albums that like kind of sticks with you for the rest of your life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, the, the term coming of age is the one it's like the cliche that we maybe are unintentionally dancing around, but it has that feel without using these like lame tropes we're talking about things like there's a lot of relationship talk here and and i I think that's important i think it's really cool it's honest and feels just like exposed nerve to things that's the thing it's also messy which like you know that's like the reality of all of it yeah exactly and 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 it's really cool and i think yeah it's gonna imprint on the way uh you know i think about like what's going on or, you know, different early seventies soul records that like, Oh, this was a record that imprinted on people and just stuck with them and just hits these moments and notes at the time and, and the, the levels of conversation and the way that people either talk to each other or wish they could talk to each other. And I, I really, I think this record does that well and kind of interestingly, I find that the music echoes a lot of that too. I think, so one of the points that I've kind of circled around is the idea that um, there's this kind of directness, this beautiful brutality in the how she cuts the chase. I also feel there's some beauty in the simplicity of some of the music and the beats. Not to say there's a lot going on. And in, in fact, when I, I kind of was toggling back, listening to other stuff, that I thought loosely you could, you could group this with, but to be honest on as a record, this kind of stands in its own place. Um, even in comparison to its peers, there's, there's just, there's a level where this record is stripped down a bit. And, um, and I don't say that cause it certainly has production values through the roof, 
but maybe that that those terms we use it's an exposed nerve it's messy it has that feeling in the music too um and i think that maybe is why this stands out on its own apart from genre piece apart from you know uh today's r&b or modern hip-hop or you know underground r&b or neo soul like any of that it's kind of got its own thing going on and it also makes me think like <clears throat> whoa what what does this what does SZA's next record sound like like where does the does this evolve does this go bigger does this stay in the same does it continue it's because this record and i went back and listened to the ep before this z and i felt like that kind of was a lead in and I, to be really honest this record's really good um Z is also really fucking good. (laughs) So if you like control and you haven't heard that EP, it's called an EP. It's 40 minutes long, but it's very good. I I wouldn't call it an EP. (laughs) I know. Um, But so anyways, um, yeah. So how do you, do you, do you see that where I'm saying about the music? It it, it almost has a similar, um, it's like a serendipity with the, the, the lyrical content. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I think the the two work really well together. Um, I was going to say, kind of going off that too, and just going back to one of your other points, I think Z Z is really good, but I felt I, I felt like this was like a very, very obvious, like huge step up, you know, in a lot of directions. Sure, um, yes. Uh, so I just wanted to say that. But then the second thing is, um, you know, the lyrical content, yeah, matching with the music and kind of feeling like an exposed nerve and all of this. Um, I definitely agree. I mean, I think that it all matches really well. I think it was really well thought out. Um, one of my favorite little tidbits, like you saying that some of it sounds like an exposed nerve reminded me actually that, um, again, when I was reading about it, apparently, um, in the first song when she's talking about, um, you know, how her dude basically like, broke up with her on Valentine's day. Um, and she admits that she was like fucking his homie. Um, you know, and apparently that's a true story. And the first time that she ever told anybody was on the album. So she was like, there were interviews that I read where she was like, yeah, he doesn't know that that happened, but he's going to find out when he listens to the album. And I thought that was so cool. You know? Um, (laughs) yeah. So exposed nerve a little bit messy. (laughs) Uh, yeah. feels too real so yeah. um super real i like it yeah you know so what what does let's talk about this more for the uninitiated now um people who have never heard this record uh and and thank you for joining us um we're here to tell you what a record that you know has songs on it that have been streamed over 350 million times sounds like but hey <laughs> i probably was in that camp a few months ago too you know so um it's cool we're all always finding out new stuff you know? correct exactly uh, that's why you're here thank you for being part of this so um i have a question yeah is this post indie rock r&b <laughs> um i think that's a good way of summing it up but i also think that like, I don't know if it matters. Like, this is kind of a larger question, yes. I guess. Yes, like, thank like, you. It was at, a trick question. Yeah, I mean, at this point, like, at this point, like, genre really does, like, does it matter? I think you need to obviously have, 
you know, reference points that if you're trying to describe something to someone, you can tell them it kind of sounds like this or kind of sounds like that. But at the same time, like it's not just R and B, it's not just hip hop. It's not just soul. It's not just indie. Like it's taking from all of these different things in a way that is sometimes equal, sometimes, you know, kind of more geared towards another sound, but like, it doesn't really matter. I think that, um, one of the things that I think is cool about younger people making music, um, and I say SZA is younger cause she is younger than me and you. Yes. Yes. Um, those, you know, like people younger than me were exposed to a lot more music at a much younger age. Um, you know, for me and you, like I was actually like tape trading. I was downloading things on Napster. I was, yeah. you know, like, like if I really wanted to find, if I really wanted to go deep in the history of music, I had to work for it, um, which is cool in its own way. But now you don't have to do that as much, um, which I think is really great in a different way because it allows yeah, everybody beautiful. to get exposed to things, um, you know, much quicker and really like not care if, you know, something is R and B or hip hop or rock and roll or metal or whatever it is that you're into, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I hear a lot of things in here. I hear, you know, she obviously listens to indie rock as well as a lot of other things, you know, and like, that's fucking cool. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a step in the right direction. I think the more melding we can have tastefully, you know, I mean, sometimes yeah, it's course. not done well, but no. it's done really well. So, yeah, yeah I, I mean, know. is it? Yeah, but like, I don't think it matters. Yeah, it's it's yeah, hands in the air, whatever. Um, I asked that question to prompt that exact response because one, I don't know if it's even fair to call something post indie rock, especially in that space and R and B, because it's like, yeah, you know, there's like this, there's a lot going on there. That said, I think the way I would describe this to someone who is older than me is different than how I would describe it to someone who's younger than me. However, exactly as you said, my musical reference points and notes aren't worlds apart. I don't need to caveat this to a younger person and say, oh, there's elements of this that remind me of Lauren Hill or Sade or Marvin Gaye um, because they know. They, they know what those things are and if they don't, they go find out <laughs> and it's awesome. You right. know, I, I think the younger listener, if you are an older listener and you're hearing this, just sit back and be amazed at how much music knowledge people who are in that post, you know, the Gen Z or younger millennial are because they've had access to all different types of music for so long. It's just, it's really incredible. Um, so that said, Musically, there's elements of this. And, you know, when I was listening to this record, I heard certain things that go, you know, there's a little bit of this kind of indie thing, but it doesn't hit me. It doesn't hit me like stuff like the 90s backpack rap type yeah. world. You know, like I don't draw those parallels. I draw parallels to a lot of 70s soul, a lot of 70s, late 60s R&B. Uh, there's certainly a lot of big vocal pop sensibility on some of this stuff. Sis's voice is incredible. Uh, she has a vocal cadence and range that's really, it just has depth 
and there's a lot of character and personality that when you team that it's like it's like all you could want from someone to be the world's biggest pop star except that she's not the world's biggest pop star yet <laughs> who knows if she ever right. will be but but she has all this emotion and raw it's like fire just just hearing it you know it's like whoa there's something going on there um you know but but i also like there's points where i hear in the music and then in the vocals i'm like you know there's parts of this that remind me of feist you know like yeah it's 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 gotten some eclectic mix. Some, yeah. Yeah. bjork um I, I think there's bjork. yeah like um oh what's the one um there, there's parts of this that are a little portishead you know yeah so there's all these different mixes and i'll be honest I don't think going into the record, I expected it to do all that so tactfully and tastefully. And so when I got it and, and I was listening and I was like, okay, like I, I know the, the general gist is that this is a record and these are the people who, who I've seen who love it. And you know, these are things I've seen said about it. Okay. Is this going to be halfway indie? And I don't think it is. I mean, if I was going to qualify this as something and say, Hey, do you like there's sort of this more modern R and B sensibility to it. And, and, and that's another thing I want to put a pin in, but like, I'd like to talk about where this places with contemporaries for her versus a, are there contemporaries and what are they like? But like, to me, I have a great affinity for 70s soul and R and B and funk. And, and I'd say if you have any interest in that stuff and you haven't heard this record, you should make this a listen to. And there might be certain elements that, that do feel <clears throat> new. I won't say feel foreign, but they feel new, but in the tempo and in context of listening to this, I found, I was like, I see why they're doing this, you know, instead of some of these more singular big hook parts, there's catchy, bouncy cadences. And they almost, <clears throat> they almost pull you in the same way just differently, you know? Yeah. And, and it's sort of, if I was going to make a contemporary versus, um, versus older comparison, that's, that's one of the things I would, I would separate it. But I, I was very impressed with this record, um, for the sound and some of the feeling and, you know, just overall. So, uh, I was just rambling. So please take it away. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, so question, you know, going back to my, my other point about, yes. uh, or my earlier point, I guess, about the album and how, you know, it could have been any number of things and she had 200 songs recorded and this and that. Um, not even just for SZA, but like, do you think there's such a thing as a finished album? Like, do you think that, um, because, you know, everything that I've ever read about, it doesn't matter who it is you know, they'll be getting interviewed about the 20th anniversary of their album, you know, and it's like, would you change anything? And there's always something that would change, you know? So right. like, do you think that, you know, it seems, cause it seems to me that this dropped at like just the right time. It's a great album. Yep. Um, you know, I can go deeper, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, we'll go deeper. But um, is there anything, such thing as finished album? Um, uh, it's just, it's let's, let's talk about it from the two most important um, angles to me. And that's artist and audience. Um, for an audience, yeah, it's finished. It's it's it is what it is. And we've seen instances throughout music where 
artists will decide, hey, we didn't like the way this song turned out. We're going to re-record it. I don't know what the ratio is, but quite often people find themselves drawn to the version they heard first or the one that they kind of imprinted on. Right. So if that's the newer version, that's the newer version. If it's the original version, it's the original version. <laughs> um, you know, it's, yeah. So uh, I was about to go into a thing about um, an old blues song that both Aerosmith and Motorhead covered and <laughs> thinking about which version I liked better, but I, I I'm going to digress. So I will stop. Um, <laughs> But so from an audience perspective, absolutely. The record that is released is quite often, that's it. How many different versions of Pet Sounds are there? How many different versions, this, that, the other? There's so many classic records that, now going to the other side, artists are never, never feel satisfied or satiated with, you know, don't don't feel finished. Mm -hmm. So... That then asks the question to me <clears throat> when you're when, for the artist, is it that they're looking at it and going, well, um, I would have changed some brush strokes or I would have changed the color of that blue with this album that is my painting, let's say this portrait, my painting. Right. Or is it that you would have used a different canvas totally or that you use the worst paintbrushes known to man and that it sound it looks like shit and sh- because of the tool you used, or you just don't like the way the sky looks in this paint. There's all these different things. So to, to pull out where I'm going with this really weird analogy, if it's brush strokes, I find that most artists feel, yeah. And as they get further and further away from it, if there's reverence, if there's love, they start to accept and feel, yes, that was done. But if it's entire swaths of the painting that aren't the way they liked it, there's this pang and you can see it. And it's quite often a thing if you hear artists speak in interviews or you've gotten a chance to talk to someone who's put out music or or does it for a living, ask them about their latest record. (laughs) Ask them about the new music they're recording. And then ask them about their quote unquote classic or best record. And you'll quite often find that what artists like the most is their newest thing (laughs) because it's still new. It's fresh. It's what they're working on now. And it has all the opportunity in front of it. Uh, Whereas quite often artists can dither and dather and pick apart the thing that's been out forever. Yeah. So, so I want to ask you that same question. Is an album ever complete? I mean, I think that, uh, you could never complete a thing. And I think that's, that's fine. But you know, at this point, this album was released. It is in the ether. Um, I think that it, it, it made me think of something. Do you remember when, um, Kanye West put out the life of Pablo? I think that was like five years ago, maybe now. Yep. I sure do. So like for those that don't really remember or weren't paying attention or don't care, I don't know. Um, you know, it, he dropped it. Basically he put out the, you know, Spotify electronic version. You downloaded it or like the MP3 version. Mm -hmm. He downloaded it. And then a few days later he was like, Oh, actually I'm not really finished. This is the new version. And then he dropped a second version of the album, which I think it was mostly the same, but there were like two or three tracks that were more or less completely reworked. And then like 
one track taken out, another track replaced it. Right. So right. I, I think he did that two or three times. And I honestly remember thinking at the time, like I, I, I more or less like the album. Like it doesn't really matter my thoughts on the album, but like, I, I remember thinking like, is this how it's going to be? Because I thought that was like really interesting and like really to exciting. The record that was, yeah, that was like, it's, oh, that's an interesting. So because, in like, the digital thought, age. Thought, yeah. Yeah. I thought that more people were going to do that over time. I thought that was like just the first in a series and like, you know, a pattern of things that were going to happen with different artists. Um, that didn't really happen, but like, I thought that was a really interesting concept that the idea that like, maybe an album never really is finished and you can just keep reworking it and keep, you know, putting out new versions of it over time. If you're, if you're interested in doing that, you know? Well, right. Because when we talk about the digital age, um, you know, it's something that's come up as a point of contention where if you write an article and publish it digitally, well, you can go back and edit that. Right. And, you know, I've seen different things, be it in sports or other places where it's like, oh, this person changed the predictions they made about the sporting event posthumously to make themselves look better. What? Wait, how does that happen? You know, um, and you can, you know, obviously there's digital archiving and you can see when changes are made to pages and da, 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 for sure. But most people looking at something don't see that and it can right. really change as opposed to something being like, hey, I have it book in print you know here it is um you said this and here it is yeah um, so it does no i am fascinated by that because the idea of it being like hey what if there was a five-year anniversary of control and it's like actually these this is the order this is the sequencing i i would prefer it in and here's these two additional tracks that should have been here and that's going to be track three and this song moves to track eight and this is a new track nine and it pushes it to this length and actually i take out this song because it doesn't fit ba 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 yeah that's fascinating in the same way as there's movies that it's like hey this is the you know this is yeah, this director's cut, cut. Yeah. director's cut right um and it's interesting so yeah, I'm totally because, with you. I mean, I, I think that she, like, it sounds to me like in all of the interviews that I was reading, and the, the reason I thought of this question was like, it sounds like she just had, you know, paralysis by analysis. Like, yes. she probably could have finished the record two years earlier. It probably would have been just as effective, just as good. But she was like, uh, you know, there was something missing for her. Um, and it seems to me that, you know, assuming the, the story of her hard drives being taken by the record company is true. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> like it, it just, it just doesn't sound like she ever would have reached it. You know, like you can, you can criticize yourself and your own music to death. I mean, like one of the other things I read too is I think after she, um, she actually didn't win any of the Grammys that she was nominated for. And yeah. I guess there was like a big uproar about it and all of her fans and everyone else was like, you know, you were robbed and this and that. Um, and she was interviewed about it and she was like, I don't even fuck with my own record. Like, I don't even think it's good. You know, like she still like, wasn't even backing her own record. Um, which like, it's, it's always interesting. Cause I feel like, you know, I can relate to that level of like self, uh, self analysis, but like, yeah. <laughs> but, right. uh, it like, 
I, I see her and I'm like, dude, that's not doing you any good. Like your album is fucking awesome. Obviously, you know, like, right, right. Well, you know, uh, let's chalk that up to the, the, the artist that, you know, it's hard to satisfy. It's really difficult. I think <clears throat> for people, a lot of people have a heart. It hits that paralysis by analysis, hit that point creatively. And if I'm being very honest, I think some of the most successful people in arts, uh, in general, whether it's writing music, any form of creative content is knowing when, okay, I'm done. And realizing you can keep tinkering and pushing back and forth and back and forth. And a certain amount of nudging of nudging and editing is good for you. But at some point tinkering is not great. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, Let's talk about this record a little more. Okay. Is this a record? Now, we've both said, I think this is an album. I think this is a good listen. But I will also be honest, it's a little bit long. And I found that on additional, on listen-throughs, there were parts where I would get, where I'd phase it out. Um, And I made it to the end because there's a couple tracks towards the end where I, I really like it. But there's some points where I'm like, ah, I don't know if I'm finishing it. And and I, I'll also say that there were several times when I put this on and I'd get to about track seven or eight and that, that was where I stop. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm going to sound like a broken record over the course of this podcast, not just this episode, but the, you know, however long we end up doing this. Yeah. I don't have a high tolerance for long records, man. Like, like over 45 minutes. And I know this is, I think 49 minutes, but like 45 minutes to me is like absolute maximum length. Yeah. I, I, we, we should do some self analysis on this because I think, um, (laughs) I think we were groomed in a short, fast music world. Yeah. Where, uh, efficiency and expedition, exped- being expedited about all things was, was appreciated. Yeah. But I agree. I think I probably shave 10 minutes off this record, um, yeah. clock it in right under 40 and feel really good about it. Um, I feel like, uh, the song Broken Clocks was the song I was most familiar with before. I think it's the most, it's the catchiest. It's the, um, it's got the hook to go. Yeah. To go full Tom Petty. Uh, you hear the single, you know? Um, yeah. So, uh, and it's just, it's, it's just a really cool use of it. And you see like, Oh yeah, this, this, this makes a lot of sense. Um, there were, there's really just some great songs on this. I really like Garden. Uh, I really like Normal Girl. I think Drew Barrymore is, is a hit. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, the, the four weekend. singles. The four singles yeah. were Drew Barrymore, Love Galore, The Weekend, and Broken Clocks. Yeah, yeah, and Love Galore back to back with The Weekend is a really nice one. Um, so. There's a few songs I would drop. I'm not going to get too deep on that, but but I think it starts off really strong, lulls a little bit, and then comes out strong at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, um, it's hard because I, I also think I could probably say that about, like, What's Going On by Marvin Gaye. <laughs> There's a couple tracks I'd pull. For sure. I could say that about uh, Led Zeppelin Houses of Holy. But, but... I actually listened to that last night. I would definitely pull a few tracks. 
oh, we should talk about it. It's my favorite Led Zeppelin record. Yeah. Um, <laughs> see, but to me, like the crunge helps make that their their weird attempt at a really funk. Is it is it the crunch? No. What is the song? Is it? It is the crunch. It is the crunch. Yeah, the the funky kind of like bassy song. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people are pulling that. But for me, I get it. I'm like, okay, this this breaks it a little different. So, you know, not every song has to be a single. That all said, that's part of – I'm saying I could take or leave some of these songs. However, I appreciate them, especially on a record that came out in 2017 because I think there was consciousness to this being an album, not just a collection of singles. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I really like – I mean, a lot of my favorite songs were the singles. I like Supermodel. I like Drew Barrymore, Doves in the Wind, Prom Night, The Weeknd, oh, Broken Clocks, Normal Girl. Great, yeah. Prom Night's great. Yeah. Um, I think that I would definitely not replace the opener, Supermodel, or the no. closer, um, what is 20-something? Is that the last one? Oh, no, track? you're right. Yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, I, I love how that guitar riff is at the beginning and closes out the record. I love stuff like that. Um, so I think intro, outro, super strong. I mean, the thing is like, there aren't any tracks that I don't like. I I think the only track I might skip over is like Gogina, maybe. Um, Gogina loses me a little bit in there. I don't love the open of it. And it's, I I like that it's a mark reference. Yes, I know. For being (laughs) one of the shorter songs on the record, I just feel like it's, it's actually got like, it almost feels disjointed, like almost half, half and half. And I'm not particularly, neither half pulls me in. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, Doves in the wind. I am not crazy about. Um, I think it's fine. I actually kind of like Kendrick Lamar a lot, but I didn't love him here. Um, and yeah, I, I like supermodel a lot. That's a great song. I would um, maybe lose love galore. That's yeah. my, I think the tracks for me were Love Galore and Gogina I might drop, but I, I felt like everything else was really strong. Yeah. I mean, and even those are strong in their own way. I just, I think. Yeah, that, no, I, I think Gogina is the weakest track to me, but. Yeah, um, the interest of making the album shorter, that's, that, that would be my move, I think. Um, comparisons. So I was thinking to myself about this record and going, I think this occupies a relatively unique space. Um, I went through and was listening to some other artists that I, I could group. I, I was familiar, not some expert in this world. So, but I was listening to Kalani, um, and I thought, okay, mm-hmm. it doesn't have quite as much personality, but I could see it. Um, I think you could loosely group this with the weekend. Sure. But as the weekend continues to grow, it's getting more, the, the pop sensibility leans heavier and heavier. And I, I don't know. That's, that brings me to this question. Like, are there any other artists, one, any other artists that you would group SZA with or this album with, uh, currently and two, what would, what do you think her next album will sound like? So, I mean, like, yeah, again, this isn't really my lane. So if I sound stupid to anybody out there, like just know that um, I'm trying. To me, I definitely thought of Kalani. I thought of Tayana Taylor. Um, those are two yeah. that come to mind. Um, but at the same time, like 
they have this kind of hyper confident like sexual energy um whereas SZA like it's it's a it's a very different kind of energy you know it, it's i think it's really confident in its own way but yes. it's much more it's much more vulnerable i think than than um the stuff that i mentioned yeah so, i think there's a unique confidence that separates it from um a lot of others yeah and, and i mean you know there's a there's unique confidence and a unique content which um which is why i think this album is going to stand on its own for a long time after this for sure but i think you're right i mean there's there's definitely a lot of similarities i think to like earlier weekend stuff if you're familiar with like trilogy or any of the mixtapes mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um that stuff it's definitely more like drug induced than this, but, um, <laughs> yes, it's oh, kid, uh, kid cutie, kid cutie, cutie. Yeah. I yeah. Yeah. I, I can see a lot that. of that. I can see that too. Yeah. Again, not quite as, uh, drug soaked, but, um, but has that similar kind of like down mood, but with some upbeats here and there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, overall, I actually found this to be a record that I'll revisit. I was really, really excited that um that i liked it that much because i didn't i didn't totally think when it comes to more contemporary r&b or this kind of stuff sometimes i'll catch a wave of it and be like oh, okay that was cool but quite honestly um i end up going backwards in time for a lot of that kind of stuff as opposed to staying contemporary and, you know, when it comes to that, you feel left out and you feel like, man, am I missing out on things? And I'll say this, I think I missed out on this record and I'm, I'm glad I, I caught it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, I'm glad we revis- revisited it. Um, all right. So I think I think we're going to wrap up here. Pete, uh, I quietly picked this one for this week. Do you want to pick next week's album? I would love to. Um I think I'm going to go with something that we've been circling for a little while. Mm. Um, going to dip back into nineties indie rock or dip All back. Right. I don't even, I don't even know if we've dipped our toes in it, but um, I don't know. I, no, we've dipped in the nineties, but not on the indie rock side. Yeah. Not in the indie rock. We did monster magnet. So that was uh that was not indie rock. So not decidedly not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'd like that. Yeah. So, um, we're going to go with Yola Tango. I can hear the heart beating as one. Um, nice. they're a band that I, you know, am familiar with. Um, but they have a very deep catalog. This is, I think definitely their biggest album. So if you're familiar with them, you're, you're going to know this one. Um, but I think that's a good starting point. So we're going to go with that. Very cool. Well, uh, thank you, Pete. I'm excited to dive into that record. And uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, go listen to Control by SZA. Check it out. Come back uh, with your thoughts to it came from njpod at gmail.com. You can catch us on the socials. Pete, what are those socials? Um, at it came from njpod. Uh, at on it Instagram. Came from NJPod. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter, Twitter and uh, Facebook. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, See you next time. Bye-bye.